Space Astrology Podcast, and I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. On episode two of season four, we're talking about that big new moon on January 11th. It is conjunct Pluto, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people telling you not to manifest, and I'm going to tell you why they're full of it and what you can do with that energy. Plus, I've got Professor Jen. That's what we're calling astrologer Jennifer Russell. And she is going to be talking with me about learning astrology, teaching astrology, how your consciousness changes as you dive deep into the subjects and why we like to geek out together. She'll be teaching natal chart foundations at Woke Astrology starting January 27th. So we're talking about that. And I'm going to be filling you guys in on on some information that I think you'll find fascinating that we're coming up on. I've got a project I'm working on that's going to drop just for patrons talking about the Pluto cycle. Because I was doing some research the other night, I just had this little question pop into my head and We'll be talking a little bit about that as well. Plus, we got our patron shout outs because of patrons. We have a podcast, so we love to give our thank yous and we answer patron submitted astrology questions. Me and Jennifer are doing that at the end of the podcast. So what is the Awake Space Astrology Podcast? Because if you're new and we've got a lot of new listeners from all over the world, welcome if you're a new listener. This is a mix of current events, metaphysical understanding, talking about how we can navigate through these interesting times. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to continue to be interesting for the foreseeable future. I know everybody wants everything to just be okay again. I'm going to argue it never really was okay for everybody to start with. And we are watching the end of a cycle occur. And we're taught history in this way that, you know, there's these definitive lines, you know, like you walk through a doorway and a door shuts and another door opens, but that's really not how things work. They kind of blend together. Like if you're blending your eyeshadow, right? Like feathering it in and getting the, the ombre shades to blend together. That that's really how history works. And I'm working on a project about Pluto that will drop for members on the day of the new moon, January 11th, and it will drop at 11, 11 a.m. after that new moon has formed, explaining a lot of what we're looking at on a global scale. You know, what what is ending, what is concluding and what may be beginning except it's up to all of us on how that operates and so i'll continue to talk about that throughout 2024 and what is that how we can wield our consciousness we don't have to be perfect my friends but we can be deliberate and deliberation is everything so Why don't we talk about that new moon coming up next in the next segment? I'm going to explain all about that January 11th new moon. I know people are going to be making a big deal out of it because it's 111 January 11th, which 
the 11th of January. It's always a special day for me because that was my great-grandmother's birthday. Lydia Matilda Bentz Roulette Horner, because she was married twice. Uh, she was a fabulous Capricorn. And I have great affection for Capricorns because there's this Cancer Capricorn love that is just so warm and, and tending and caring and secure. And so I was... I was right in the middle of the pack of 22 great grandkids but i was the favorite okay like she didn't say it but we all knew it okay but uh, i always think of her on that date but i'll be talking to you about what you can do with that very very powerful energy i do expect to see some historic events within 24 hours of that moon and i'll tell you why coming up next here on the awake space astrology podcast so whether you're driving to work or doing the laundry doing a mom taxi or dad taxi thing or being an auntie uncle if you've got the littles with you big hugs to the littles hello hello from astro mama and uh, let's talk about what we can do with this new moon in capricorn on the 11th that new moon in Capricorn on January 11th. It's happening in three days, my friends. And the internet is probably telling you not to manifest on that day because the new moon is conjunct Pluto. It's always a good idea to set intentions on a new moon. What you want to do is enter into these intentions with deliberation and a thoughtful process. What doesn't work is being willy-nilly and not use your mind, okay? Like, so the people are like, I want Prince Charming or Princess Charming to show up. Well, that's a fantasy that doesn't really exist, okay? You can write down all the qualities you want in a person, blah, blah, blah. And you're still kind of missing the point of what we need as human beings and one we need to feel valuable. And when we're putting all of our attention out into the world and expecting other people to see our value, if we treat ourselves like crap, you're just going to manifest lesson after lesson. Manifest means to reveal. And on a new moon, you are setting intentions. You are planting seeds. Okay. These are very powerful seeds with this Capricorn new moon. Okay. Really powerful seeds. Given Pluto is part of the mix and it's a wide conjunction, that means they're, they're in the same room, but one is sitting on the couch, you know, by the table lamp and you're on the other side of the room by the window, looking outside, sitting maybe with a cozy book, but you can talk to each other without shouting. Okay. You're close enough that that's, that would be the, the metaphor I would use to describe how far away they're in the same room. They can have a conversation. Pluto is about transformation and the moon is governs our practical daily life. It governs our instinct. 
we're going to have this instinct for wanting to be secure. People are going to be almost, I think if they're unconscious, almost panic driven within the 24 hours of this new moon. And that's especially the 18 hours while the moon is in Capricorn because it'll be 18 hours before that well 16 hours before that moon gets next to Pluto like right next to it so panic is dumb we don't want to panic and yes I said the D word but panicking is dumb panicking doesn't help anybody okay panicking is where we make mistakes we want to take a step back take some deep breaths and truly you know truly this is a neurological fact if you inhale and hold their breath for just a moment and then you exhale slowly take a moment before the next inhale you don't want to hyperventilate okay that that's not good you want to slow yourself down I would and I will be setting intentions to blow through any blocks okay so if there's insecurity if you don't feel like you have power I, I would set intentions to know my own power how powerful I am if I were you being your own authority not letting other people railroad you into things um, set intentions for having better boundaries and a boundary isn't telling somebody oh hey you can't talk to me that way anymore and expect them to listen to you that doesn't if, if people don't listen to you it doesn't mean you that you don't have good boundaries okay people don't have to respect a boundary the boundary is something you have to keep so if you don't want people talking to you a certain way you need to decide what you do when somebody does talk to you in a way you don't want them speaking to you right so if somebody if somebody is very derisive to you or runs over the top of you or doesn't respect you and you're like hey if you don't stop that i'm i'm gonna walk away and then you sit there and you argue with them you're the one who broke your own boundary walk away if that's what you said you're gonna do so I would set intentions for being able to reinforce your own boundaries I would set intentions for creating your own foundations like setting new foundations if you've been working on a project or something like your own business or you know whatever kind of project if you've been working on your house or a family matter where you have to step into some kind of responsibility I would I would set intentions for that to be done with more ease and for obstacles to be removed this this Pluto action in this in this new moon is great for that because it'll help dissolve the blocks you can't set intentions for other people's behavior Okay, this is where people go wrong with quote unquote manifestation. They they try to get the world to conform to them instead of understanding you have to transform in order to function in the world you want, the way you want to function in it. The world's not going to stop being the world. People are not going to stop being themselves. Okay. 
you have to rise into your own authority right like i'm dealing with some stuff that's really really old right now like it's decades old and it's been unresolved for a very long time and so um and and it's all old family matters okay and i'm going to talk about it carefully i'm not going to be completely transparent because i have to there's a lot going on and the difference is is i've matured i'm not i'm not 25 anymore i'm not 29 anymore and back then i didn't have great boundaries i did get run over the top of didn't have the confidence of a life lived didn't have perspective and now i have to deal with these people who think they have some kind of authority they always have um and really kind of stand up and be like no no we're not doing this anymore this is this is done um if you're a family member of mine and it's not your side of the family this is old stuff from the first marriage but anyway and so and and teaching my kids you know that who they actually have to listen to and who they don't and and i don't mean me i mean just in the situation and how they can conduct themselves and so it's very interesting you might be in a similar situation you might be dealing with stuff that is old you know it could be decades old and you're closing out this cycle that has an imbalance of power dynamics it has an imbalance of power dynamics so it could be really really fascinating so setting those intentions on on you know, claiming your own power and removing blocks to that would be great for this. Other things going on with this new moon in the outer world, in the outer world, while we're looking at, you know, the International Court of Justice meeting. And when they announced the date, I was like, oh, wow, that is the day of that big old new moon. Hmm very interesting and given um i i don't think it'll go well for israel to be honest um i do think the international court will find that it is a genocide because anybody who's ever read any of the conventions and laws surrounding genocide can see that that's exactly what's happening um the idea that that the annihilation of civilians is somehow self-defense is is laughable and there is never a reason under international law to bomb a a place of worship a hospital you know i i don't care if it's the ugliest command center in the world it's still a breach of human rights law Um, you know but they're using them as human shields yes that's what special teams are for that's that's what special forces is for that is not a an excuse for carpet bombing so i know i know i know i keep saying i'm not gonna rock the boat in public and and because it's not because i fear consequence for me particularly it's more like we're about to do some international travel and you know my daughter's already traveling i'll be traveling and so it's more like 
we yeah, I'm playing a longer game. If I want to be of service, then I gotta watch it. But you know, and and I'll remind you, even though I'm not religious and I wasn't raised in the culture, I still am of the diaspora. You know. And I'm gonna say I can't condone genocide of any kind for anybody, not in Sudan, not in Congo, not indigenous people in um, anywhere in the world, not any reason, not in Armenia, not in the Balkans. It's not okay, period. Like we are in the 21st century. We need to stop these ridiculously barbaric arguments and making excuses for things that not only show the worst of our humanity, but also impact our globe and our international community in ways that are very long lasting. We need to stop the short term thinking. You know, we've got climate change and we're going to see that with this full, uh, new moon. Sorry, I almost said full moon this new moon as well. So I'll get off my soapbox. The moon is in Sagittarius as I'm recording this. So, you know, I get spicy when the moon's in Sagittarius. And if you're new, <laughs> well, now, you know, <laughs> um, and hell, I, anybody who can make excuses for the wholesale slaughter of the people. And, and I, I don't know, don't listen to my podcast then. You know, if you can make excuses for that, I don't, I don't want you listening. That, that, how's that? How's that? We just, <sighs> that's just how I feel about it. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> I get so fired up. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the boundaries that you need to be setting, you set within and then you decide. Like, I made a conscious decision just now to be like, you know what? Screw it. You know, I'm just going to tell people if you can if you can justify that, don't listen to my podcast. You know? So if I lose listeners, so be it. I don't care. How's that? Um, out in the world, we're looking at the legal processes and I did have that in my predictions which is why my predictions my predictions I did have that before it was announced I was like wow that's a biggie an international legal matter I think we'll also be looking at um, we could see a leader be really called on into the carpet more than one so um, it could be Biden obviously Netanyahu is going to be called um, that that's that's an obvious he doesn't have great astrology for um, 2024 and I went over that it's pinned well, it's not pinned but it's in the patreon I think I put it in the community chat in the general community chat I put that recording it was the Mars and Scorpio recording I also went through Netanyahu's chart and um, and um, Israel's in there, and this this moon actually impacts Israel 
and it's starting a new cycle for them in leadership so i think you can expect to see netanyahu out by summer if they haven't got him out um but yeah so here's what i think we're gonna see in the headlines this is if you get the magazine as a patron yes we have the awake space astrology magazine then the in the headlines for the month are there and so from january 9th through the 11th uh this is what i've got for the headlines erosion causing storms tornadoes changing temperatures thaws or freezes depending on location like it's kind of all over the place it's going to be just inclement weather world leaders at odds world powers under pressure and that world powers would be like the developed world versus um you know and especially like great britain the united states france germany russia china economic or trade sanctions announced by a global alliance infrastructure failures and i think there'll be failures in a big way or we'll see some damage happen to something between the 11th and the 12th and we're going to see repercussions of that in like maybe june or july when the full moon's in capricorn um but you know the moon in capricorn in july and or june and july won't be near pluto and capricorn because pluto will be in aquarius at the time we'll see more workers and strikes showing up we're going to hear about workers rights and we could even hear about union busting or violence towards workers um we could see issues with rockets satellites and space stations increased seismic activity up to a 7.7 alaska iceland new zealand japan or offshore in southeast asia is a huge possibility um maybe northern uh, uh, maybe off the coast in oregon um, washington california the north northwest maybe it would be offshore not onshore um glaciers and issues with the north south poles large business or chain files for bankruptcy or investigated for financial violations or ceo fired or all of that mass shooting or public violence or violence committed by authorities against civilians the israeli government will have a crisis new alliance announced between countries leadership deposed or coup d'etat or world leader dies and again this is global Iran takes military action directly is a, is a possibility. I give that about 60% Commonwealth country or former colony asserts independence. And that, that isn't just a claim for independence that could just be taking unilateral action or, you know, doing something that pisses off its colonial, former colonial power. So that that's up on deck that's up on deck with that new moon in the world so again you can check these things out and check out your horoscopes in the awake space astrology uh magazine almost said podcast but in the magazine it's up on patreon forward slash awake space or the awake space patrons at the horoscope levels and up get that it's over a hundred pages long now it's over a hundred pages long I'm crazy it includes the horoscopes and the planners and what's in the headlines and articles they're just more goodness coming 
every month at the beginning of the month you get your magazines that hold you through so keep referring to it i know people were like oh my god i was gonna i was going to uh print that out and then i saw how long it was and i was like well you can select print you can just print the pages that are going to be most relevant i don't know that we'll ever have it as an in-print magazine i'm a big fan of of print on demand or just using electronic files we don't we don't need to add to more landfills in the world Alrighty. up next i've got Professor Jennifer joining me. We're going to talk about her journey as an astrologer, and she'll be teaching for me, teaching Natal Chart Foundation starting January 27th. Registration is still open for that. Patrons save 33% on classes in January. 33%. That's a heck of a savings. And that would be on any of the payment plans. So you can check that out through the link in the show notes. But uh, let's talk to Jennifer. Here's a little audio warning. Before you listen to the next clip, understand that the audio balance is off. And for some reason, I'm super soft and Jen is super loud. I have tried to fix this over and over again for the last four hours. And I I think it's a setting that I used in the uh, recording software. So play with your volume. It's a really good interview. We'll see and hope that it never happens again. All right. Enjoy the interview. I've got Professor Jen with us. Her Professor Jen, because she has been my right hand as a TA all through 2023 uh, in both the Planet of the Month Club and in my formal classes, especially in Natal Chart Foundations, which she's graduated to as the teacher, and she's teaching my curriculum. And I don't hand my stuff off to just anybody. <laughs> it must be earned. So welcome, Jen, and congratulations. Yeah. I was very honored when uh, you guys gave me the Professor Jen idea. I was like, oh, yes, that's been like my lifelong uh, goal, dream. I've always wanted to to be a teacher. And um, this is a subject I'm very passionate about. So very excited to be the teacher now. For real. And you've earned it. You know, um, your passion for teaching is all throughout your chart. But it really was displayed. So we can have all our potential in a natal chart, but people don't always act on their potential. Yours showed up in your first class with me when you're like, who wants to do a study group? I'll organize a game. Can I make this? Can I make that? And I was like, ooh. <laughs> so um, what, what about astrology um, lit your fire? Oh, gosh. Um, It kind of brought language to describing things that I've observed in a multitude of things that I've studied. And it was kind of like coalescing of all of these things that I knew were connected somehow, didn't have the language to talk about it with people. And now I do. And that's like, that was very exciting when I understood that 
the energies are in everything and therefore you can explain the energy of everything with it. Um, and I have a lot of knowledge in separate fields and just kind of being able to share that in a way that people that haven't studied those things can understand and get insight from those things. Cause I don't think everybody needs to, you know, study psychology and sociology and all of these things to be able to, um, you know, get something from that body of work. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm? I always say you, to be a good astrologer, you have to be a polymath. And that's the name of your website, a modern polymath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that really describes what I've always been because polymath is someone that has expertise in more than one subject area or probably like two or three or four or more. Um, and that kind of goes back to the way astrology started. That was the people who were making these observations and things. They were physicists, they were mathematicians, they were all sorts of scientists and smart people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. And, and philosophers. And I always, had a passion for multiple things and I didn't want to specialize. It felt very painful for me that that was what was kind of being asked of me as I went like into higher education and things. I just like, I have to pick one. <laughs> like that's like asking me to pick like my favorite child or like <laughs> my best friend. I'm like, I can't, they're all different, different things that I enjoy about each one of them. And I think there's a lot of power and being able to um, combine the the knowledge that we have in all of these different fields. Um, we come to answers that if you just specialize in one that you would never know existed. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I see a lot of that, like when we, when I read research studies, I mean, you and I bitch about this all the time. Like, we'll yeah. Scientific study because we're geeks. Um, and we'll be like, wow, the cognitive bias was strong in that study. You know, they didn't think of this, this, or this when they set their parameters. And that's why we don't have any good scientific studies around astrology because, you know, they'll be like, well, you're, you're reading your horoscope wrong. And it's like, what? Not even astrology. You know, horoscopes are astrologers, ex like what you see in the newspaper or, or even our magazine. Um, that's us describing and interpreting what's going on but it, it isn't the astrology itself the astrology is complex and mathematical and geeky and delicious so so what is your favorite part of teaching so you did a lot of TAing for me last year yeah I really like when I see someone get that epiphany that aha when things click that like just so gratifying for me because that's my favorite part of learning so you like you struggle and it doesn't quite make sense and your brain hurts and then when it, when it clicks that's like a magical moment and I love to be someone that can be like a catalyst for that in someone else absolutely yeah yeah you spent a lot of time with the students in the natal chart foundations class last year you did the office hours for me and um, I got nothing but good feedback about you, you know, from your ethics to your ability to describe complex subjects, to rephrase and paraphrase again and again until somebody got it, 
what were some of the things that were maybe a little more challenging for people conceptually that you feel you successfully helped them with? Um, I had one student come to me early on in the class and they didn't quite understand, um, like the, the modalities of the signs or just like, um, what made them different? Like, why are they in this? Why are they what they are? So we kind of, I was able to explain the, the order of the Zodiac as it relates to the times of years and the seasons and kind of how, um, it's like this, the beautiful cycle <laughs> that I um, deeply appreciate. And as we went through that, I think it really clicked. And we like, just observe what is going on outside during these times. And you'll kind of maybe understand like during airy seasons when um, kind of like the first start of spring, when things are shooting up out of the frost and um, it's kind of like the airy shooting out on the scene. They're the first one there. Um and then as we move into Taurus season, you know, the ground is getting tilled and there's a lot of work being put in um, to make, you know, to get things from the earth to like prep that. And it's um, more dedicated energy. Um, and then in, as we move through into Gemini, it's like that transition from spring into summer, as things are kind of like heating up, but it's not quite the like... <laughs> the hottest point of the year yet but there and it's like that with um with all of the seasons there's a cardinal fixed immutable signs and um I think after that we understood why one why the there's an order to the zodiac and then what the modalities mean in relation to the the world outside I really like um being able to connect this this knowledge that kind of seems very abstract when people talk about oh this planet's in this zodiac sign but understanding the energy of it as it is in the world which is where those observations and things come from for why we describe signs and uh things in that way mm -hmm. yeah giving a real that's why this is middle chart foundations this is giving a real foundational um more than a survey, but just a immersion into applicable knowledge. You know, we we had a conversation last night, as one does, um, where we were discussing theory versus application. And there's this bias in certain circles that applied anything is somehow inferior to theoretical, and my view and i think you share it was if you can't use it what's the point you know what's the point of having knowledge if you're not able to apply it and so natal chart foundations is designed for people to get a real immersion into understanding astrology and then being able to apply it into self actualization or self realization knowledge of self in ways they couldn't do before if it was just in the headspace, you know, just a bunch of yeah, you can like know all of these these facts and things and spit them out, but if you don't know what that energy actually is on a deep level, more of that um, I don't know, it's like the embodied experience of it is how I like to to see it. If you don't have that, then it's very hard to actually interpret charts beyond like just the basics 
Um, I think that's that's the best thing. And if, if you can fall prey to a lot of bad information, then that's where people vilify the science. Um, yeah, I had somebody come onto my live last night. Um, of course, it's always the anonymous usernames, right? Yeah. And uh, they came on, and somebody had asked a question about Gemini and 12th house. And I said, hey, I'll get to that in a minute. And I was answering other things. And this anonymous user said, well, it means you're paranoid. And I caught the comment. And I said, you know, first of all, that's very unethical. And it's not necessarily true. And that's some of the things we want to stop. And that's why not everybody ended up my apprentice. Um, there was a lot of work put in by you guys that far exceeds, like, the mentorship program I'm going to be running. It'll still be rigorous, but... Uh, Exactly. astrology has quite literally taken over my life like <laughs> this is my passion and um Sorry, not yeah like i'm always thinking about astrology anytime something happens or i'm like listening to someone talk i'm thinking about it like it's always it's the background program running mm -hmm. yeah because astrology isn't everything and everything is represented through an astrological lens um, what were some of the highlights of last year at TA? What were some of your favorite moments? Oh gosh, there's so many. I really in particular liked uh, doing the office hours and getting to speak to my students and um, hearing people, especially when we're talking about their personal planets, when we got to that part of where they're like putting it all together of really able to help people understand um, the one I'm thinking about in particular is when someone come to me like, I don't quite understand my Venus sign. And we were able to like work through it and be like, okay, yeah, like, <laughs> like I get that, you know, we have like a Gemini Venus. I can't remember what their Venus sign was exactly, but if you have a Gemini Venus, you know, um, you're not just this like little flirt and very like flighty, like, no, like you're very curious and um, you have a need for knowledge and fun and like there's a whole lot of other things to it other than just those stereotypes that you're like flaky or like can't commit, you know, like that's not always true. There's a lot of other factors, but um, mm -hmm. that's what I really liked being able to kind of unlock people from those. Um, I don't know, like really poorly written descriptions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's very common in the older books, unfortunately. So there's a lot of social cultural bias that went unexplored because that was such a heavy emphasis from the psychological what they knew from the psychological community. And you have to remember back in the sixties, you weren't that far away from Freud time wise. Okay. And even Jung, who I adore you. But they still, and he would have been the first to say he had a social cultural bias, you know, and did say these things. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'll see that it reflected. It doesn't mean everything is wrong in there. It just needs rephrasing, retooling. Says the Gemini Venus. Um, there's better language to use. And, yeah. Um, and I know because how I felt as a student reading these things and going, I suck at being and flirting. 
What do you mean I'm afraid of commitment? I was in two marriages long term. I didn't have a, I had a problem uncommitting. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really confusing. I was like, well, am I broken? Like, especially back when I was a student, I was like, well, I'm not good at any of them. You know, I'm terrible at flirting. So, or my flirting doesn't resonate with the rest of the world's flirting. Be like, nice butt. <laughs> so, ooh, your library. <laughs> yeah. That got me in the second marriage, and that was a mistake. So, he had a rare edition of a book, and I just wanted to see it. Curiosity kills the Gemini. <laughs> but, um,. I wish that was not a true story, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's literal. <laughs> but yeah, and so being able, like one of the reasons I wanted to teach besides progressing our knowledge was I never had enough people I could have good conversations with. So like I raised my children to be good conversationalists. So I had people to talk to. Um, but also my students getting, getting a group together that can have intelligent conversations versus being the mess that is a Facebook astrology group you know oh god yeah yeah it's oftentimes I'm like I really want to talk to people about this because I love it so much and then I see the kinds of ways that they speak about it and I'm like huh I'm like I it's like very surface level, very much like I'm showing off that I know this and it makes me so smart that I have this information. Like, like you haven't embodied that information at all. And it's kind of obvious the way you're talking about it, that you're not understanding it at like a deep level. And it just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been really <laughs> digging watching the students from last year and the years previous um, the conversations in the Awake Space Discord are kind of lit right now. Yeah, it's like people have that, they have that good foundation and now we're able to to build on that and have those conversations and compare notes and mm -hmm. things that are happening help, in each other's lives. Help the new people in, like people mm -hmm. stepping in and it, it's really exciting because it's building an actual community, which is super cool. Um what are you most excited about in, in leading this class starting January 27th? Yep. Um, most excited um, to be a teacher. <laughs> it's like a lifelong dream of mine. So like, I feel very, uh, I don't know, like, oh, I did it. It wasn't how I thought I would when I was a kid, but I, I think it's even better than I could have ever imagined. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to talk about my special interest and share this knowledge that I've gained with people and be able to um, help it make sense for people in a very applicable way, like to themselves personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they really get to know themselves. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part about... Um, 
the feedback that I get from people that were in office hours about how they just felt like they knew themselves so much better and they can um, make more informed choices and accommodate themselves even in ways that they might have not even thought about before because we are conditioned to kind of just push through and, you know, ignore our needs. But when we learn what our needs are and we kind of meet the, are able to know what would meet those for ourselves, we can, um, I don't know, work from a much more authentic place and happier people and more people that are healing and not just like running the rat race, uh, I think makes the world in, at, at large um, a better place to be. So, yeah, That's one of my favorite things is when students realize, oh, I'm not broken. I am meant to be doing life this particular way. This is what mm-hmm. authenticity is for me. This is, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, like all of those stories that I was told from teachers and stuff about me being a failure, I'm like, that's not true because you have other things that you can be good at. Not everybody is going to be the same. And I think that's another thing that is um, a common epiphany that I hear from my students is that they realize like, oh, wow, everybody is so individual, which you can know. But then when you look at people's charts, it's like very obvious, like, yes. <laughs> Like these particular, yeah, like someone is going to think this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a particular thing you were going to um, No, I was just thinking of examples <laughs> of like, oh. you know, what, what a Sagittarius Venus needs is going to be different than what a Capricorn Venus needs and what a Scorpio Venus needs. And, you know, being able to, to know what to give yourself that's going to make you feel mm-hmm. lit up or just like right. satisfied how the mercury's operate you know and that you can have the mercury in the same sign and depending on the house it's not going to operate the same way and a 12th mm-hmm. house mercury is not going to operate the same way as a 5th house mercury and there's nothing wrong with that we're moving into a time where forced hegemony is is going to be passé because in order to work together, we have to recognize our differences and embrace them so that we can embrace the differences in others. So um, one of my favorite exercises in this class is where we use interior design to understand the houses. Um, what did you think of all the students' homework last time? It was so cool to see how they interpreted that and um, their designs. It was very, very cool. I, I thought that was a really good project to get them kind of like to get out of the intellectual and more into the the applied knowledge part of it, which is a big part of what we like to teach. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little creative learning, and it didn't matter if they made a playlist or they drew we had people do art projects um writing some people they're like no i don't do art i'm not into music i'm gonna write is that okay i'm like okay whatever expression works for you to understand this project i don't think people are used to that you know they're used to having this kind of assignment they have to jump the hoop and um one of the reasons you know i'm like i trust you with my work is it's because you take a similar approach it's like whatever it freaking takes 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me, I like learning games. I have to make it fun. I have a Sag Mercury. Like, that's just... I kind of operate as if I'm teaching it to someone else to teach it to myself. Um, so I make a lot, yeah, a lot of learning games. I make like flashcards and stuff and just to keep it kind of fun because <laughs> then it'll stick in my brain. If I'm like grinding and forcing it, it's just not going to work. And um, yeah, everybody's got a different mercury. They got different ways of explaining things, of understanding things. So there's never going to be just one way that you say it and that everybody's going to understand it in the exact same way. Like you could say something, there's 12 different Mercury signs, like they can take it all those different ways (laughs) and they're in all different houses. Like it's just, I think it's kind of ridiculous to expect that everybody's going to learn in the same way. Like especially through school, like we just see that that's not, not the way that it works. No, it doesn't work well at all. That's why I like Howard Gardner's um, theory of multiple intelligences, and uh, which he was the head of the education department at Harvard for many years. I mean, it's just it, there's a book like that. And gosh, he outlined I don't remember how many. It was more than twelve, I believe, more than twelve. But you can see that in the Mercuries different ways some people have social intelligence neutral nature intelligence you know um, other people have athletic intelligence physical intelligence mechanical intelligence and and we often have more than one like if he had 28 you could combine it with 24 you could double up because we have different aspects of it um, so <coughs> the class is designed to meet many different learning styles um, there's lots of exercises. We have the workbook, the flashcards. Yeah. Um, interactive exercises. It's very discussion based. To well, no, that's intermediate. Um, sorry, an intermediate is very discussion based. I force people to participate. Needle chart foundations, though, is really important that people, you know, engage. You'll get more out of it. What happens yeah. if somebody gets a wrong answer, Jen? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Um, we just explain kind of the concept in a different way. Like, I don't think um, if somebody's wrong, it just presents the opportunity to for learning. And if you're too afraid to to speak up and to ask a question or to make a statement then you're never going to know if that was right or not i mean i don't feel like there's any anything that somebody can say in that class that i would be offended that they asked (laughs) or be mad that they're that they're not getting or they're not you know right um it's just like i'll explain it to you it's not I'm not mean. I'm not going to bite your head off. I promise. I, I know that people understand things in different ways. So if one way that I explained it doesn't work for you, then I have many others. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you, PJ. I'm so proud of you. You've really put in the time and the dedication. You know, beyond with me, you do a lot of independent research and study and 
you, you have a fascination. You're very good at explaining the math, which I'm really good at the conceptual side of math, but explaining it, I'm not always great at. And that's why I was really excited about you. I was like, <laughs> she can translate the concepts I come up with. Um, and so you've been really fascinated by that. But now Natal Chart Foundations doesn't have a lot of math directly in it, a little bit. But it's not anything. So if you're math phobic, don't worry about it. It's covered. Jen's got you. Yeah. Yeah. So I promise I'm not going to make you calculate it. <laughs> that's what software is for. Yeah. Um, who do you think is, is, is a good student for this class? You know, what is what, what um, the baseline of understanding that would help them? Oh, gosh. You don't really need to know anything in particular. Just be willing to learn willing to to be wrong a little bit willing to to explore ideas open to um you know tinkering with things and just yeah having that attitude of like you don't need to be right immediately that's why you are taking the class <laughs> and it's okay to just explore the ideas you don't have to necessarily be super into astrology you don't have you could be skeptic like i don't that's fine because i kind of was when i started so <laughs> yeah um this is bullshit yeah like i you don't have to have any any knowledge prior knowledge of astrology but if you do and you want to like get a, a, a solid foundation on um, all the basics of like the signs and the planets and the houses and what it all means together in the chart um this is your class for you. <laughs> Just stay curious and uh, be willing to, to have discussions and open to other people's points of view on things. That's kind of all that, that I would ask for in a student. Excellent. Yeah. Are, are, what are your, um, what are you looking forward to most with this? Um, getting more people to talk astrology with. That's kind of <laughs> we're like building our uh, our army of astrologers and people that that know good astrology. That's uh, in good information, very practical information, so that you can kind of go out into the world and see all of the stuff that people are saying about astrology. And be like, um, actually, <laughs> that's not quite how it is. <laughs> Because there's a lot of that. And if you don't know, if you don't have that that foundational knowledge of um, what it actually is, then you're not going to be able to to tell. You know, it's hard when, to know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can put a lot of that information into play. So. And some people are just really dedicated to just being poop heads about it but um, you don't have to impress us you don't have to think you know a lot you know if you've been able to make a free chart on an app you know um, and you're just confused by the squiggles and the lines and you kind of know the signs you know you're, you're ready for this class this class will help you get <clears throat> started in the right direction if you're a little bit ahead of that but you're not quite ready for the intermediate level, but you just want to get better at, at, at like, okay, I know basically where stuff is in my chart, 
<clears throat> but I don't know how to explain it. Or maybe it isn't making sense. Maybe you're a Leo rising and you're like, I don't get why they say all Leo risings are gregarious. I'm shy. You know, or maybe you're a cap rising and you're a super mushy, soft person, you know, and you keep hearing about, you know, what boss bitches they are and how unemotional and out of tune and all of that. If, if you hear people say derogatory things about a sign or a placement, they're not very good astrologers or they're only looking at a singular expression of it. And that's what I love about Jen is she gets this idea of a spectrum of expression and part of that comes from your interest in neuroscience. Oh yeah. See, that's the, the multiple fields that I have, I have studied that really help um, in being able to understand and explain this to people. But yeah, there's, um, there's, we have a choice in how we, we act and how we think and, um, there's some people that, you know, they are kind of bottom of the basement. They don't want to change. There's some people that, you know, you can be there on some days and then other days you're, you know, if you're hungry or tired or you're just depressed and, you know, it's okay to kind of wallow a little bit, but then like that's part of the human experience, but also knowing that you have the ability to, to raise up out of that when you're ready um, and you don't have to stay stuck <laughs> forever no and you can express in three different ways all in one day mm -hmm. i know i do <laughs> yeah, me too. yeah although i think it was jessica in the discord was like telling somebody oh yeah Lori said every sign has their asshole expression <laughs> true i, I feel so proud to be quoted <laughs> but it's true we can all be jerks we can all be we can all be saints and everything in between but this uh, there's a lot of um binary thinking in astrological interpretation that i'd like to see change i think there is there are a few i think there's a few of us out there mm -hmm. besides people i've trained but yeah that's kind of how it's written in the book they're like if you have these positive if it's well placed or have positive aspects to it then it's this way and if it's negative or it's bad things aspecting it then it's this then it's yeah like, like what <laughs> that's not it's not really how yeah that's not really how um i've seen it play out in my students charts in my clients charts in my own charts like that's really um simplistic language for describing something that is very very complex because it's human yeah, consciousness it's yeah. yeah but it's hard to write about astrology now you guys like just changing out of the class we've got the uh lori Bridger's awake space astrology magazine. and i did that because i used to love the del horoscope magazine back when i was young um but it's like it's really cool to see that on there is it ego oh hell yes um, but you guys have been writing so Casey, Mackenzie and Jen and uh, Mackenzie's been doing the graphic arts oh my god it looks amazing but let's talk about writing those horoscopes because one I think it's going to make you a better teacher on top of it everything else just because of what it does to your brain doing it but um, 
What did you learn about writing horoscopes? Like, oh my god, there's a lot that goes into those. You know, it's like, oh, maybe it seems like oh, this this little blurb about your sign, but the the things that we are looking at when we are writing those things is like every single word is very carefully chosen to express the energy that we see coming up and kind of helping you navigate it. Um, but it also has to be kind of in a general sense because we're not looking at one particular person's chart. Like I could, if I like pull up my friend's chart and like give them advice for the month. Um, it's different to try to do that in a way that people with multiple different like degrees of rising signs um, and different planets and placements and things involved to kind of give a um, <laughs> that more generalized advice is um it's kind of a shift from looking at uh just client charts or like friends charts it's Those like really really specific mm -hmm. really talking to that person but to write for a general audience and remain as accurate as possible for a large group of people um it's a lot of mental gear shifting because now we've split it up by element so you know one person gets the earth signs one person gets fire one person gets water and one person gets air and we're kind of switching it i take on whatever is left over you know. um what did what have you found as you're writing for speaking of modalities because you know each one of those <laughs> elements then is made up of the modalities which are also known as um the quadruplicities but um, it uh really kind of shows how oh yeah how the the signs of the same element are kind of going through it's like that cycle that they're going through um it's like similar themes but very different like i was writing for it was the air signs last month and it was fourth eighth and twelfth house trans it's very heavily in those um and those are kind of a little more crunchy sometimes. So um, more sensitive houses. Yeah. Yeah. So just seeing like, oh, like that was another, like I knew it, but also like seeing it kind of in action when I'm writing the horoscope, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. The, the patterns. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll see it and it kind of spiral of of the issue you know you're, it might mm -hmm. be a very similar issue but it's seen from this direction and this direction and this direction because most people think of things only like they look at it head on but it, you know it, it's kind of like you know there's a lot more to this cut than for those of you watching than just this view you know there's this view and this view and this view and this view and that's kind of what we're doing it's still a cut and then of course it's sitting here and that's kind of what happens when we're writing these so what do you what did you guys think um because you remember i'd be working on those fast and furiously doing my flow genuinely don't know how you did that because <laughs> my brain melts after one i do one sign and then I'm like, okay, I need to go like take a nap or get something to eat or play a video game or something because it's very hard to like shift <laughs> out of that perspective from the one sign to the other without 
taking a step away. Um, it was killing me. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. I did them. I did them every other day. Yeah. Crazy. And I was wondering why I was so tired at the end of the year. I literally at the end of what was it? I did it that way into 2022, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I don't remember when I stopped, but I, I was literally doing this just constantly, and at the end. Like when I stopped, I just cried. I just cried because my brain was so tired. And it works fast. I mean, you and I are both highly neurospacey and we have really busy brains. But it the, the gears were just the steam. You know, mm-hmm. If I look tired, it's my poor brain. But yeah, I would have to take breaks in between. That's why it took so long. Yeah. So... I'm excited, but I love reading your guys' version, too. I know. I like to to read everybody's writing, like, seeing all of our own unique perspectives and voices on it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I can never get enough. (laughs) Right? You guys pretty much started together, or within a reasonable amount of time within one another. And so you've been able to really kind of grow together as a cohort, where where we all might as well be roommates at this stage. I've said it before. Um, but that's one of the reasons I'm kind of teaching the classes the way I am. And now you, we're building cohorts of people, people who can get to know one another, become colleagues, um, have conversation buddies. And we're seeing this kind of play out in the discord, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. That makes my heart happy. Um, and that's why I've started calling like the intermediate groups, their cohorts that get to kind of travel along, um, and that's coming up too. We've got natal chart foundations. Jen is teaching my curriculum on that. And then I'm teaching another round of intermediate astrology. If you took the test um, and you got better than 135 on your score, come on in. There's some trick questions in there that was just to see who knew a few things, like how old the glyphs are. And if you read this month's magazine, you know. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, Planetary Transits, Astrology 301, which is a more advanced view. So you need to be an advanced beginner. I'm not going to quiz you on it. You know, if you think you're if you think you're an advanced um, intermediate or you've been reading charts for a while and you kind of sort of understand transits, then that's a good class for you. We've got a lot of classes coming. And I'm trying to get one more of each this year in before September. Yeah, it's, I can't overstate the value of having a cohort to work with. That just accelerates your learning so much when you're able to have those conversations with people that are at your level and you can explore things together and get curious and excited together. And um, I attribute a lot of my my learning that I've been able to to go as fast as I have because I have amazing people learning around me. So I'm very excited that we're doing that. led to other things so like Casey started Petty Astrology and you were her latest guest oh my god I so enjoyed your guys conversation you did um, Gypsy Rose Blanchard's astrology Um, how is it that you know like 
how cool is that that you guys can do that I know it's so great I'm like we have more opportunities to talk astrology and apply it into things that um or you know in pop culture especially I know that's something Casey's really uh, interested in in um you know getting out the the important things in those things that seem very inconsequential sometimes but there's always like this this underlying like theme that we can really explore um, in those conversations and it was so fun I love being on her podcast uh, I've been a, a regular guest since the first season so Yeah, it doesn't always have to be super serious. You know, astrology can be fun and silly and light. It can be very serious. We can look at world events. We can look at individual psychology. Um, yeah, I know Gypsy's story in particular was like kind of more gritty than um, other things that we've that she's covered on that podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of things that I think are are valuable and. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny to see the predictions that we made towards the end are kind of, they're playing out (laughs) as we're seeing her more in the public. Yeah. Because we kind of had, um, we're speculating. I'm like, I think she's probably going to go the influencer route. And she has been all over in the media doing like press tours and all of these things for her upcoming book. Like, get it, girl. Yeah. partly as a proud teacher, but I just, as an astrologer, I enjoyed listening to you guys. It's super nice. So, to just hear good astrology. So, great analysis, too. Not that I'm biased, so. <laughs> but I am. Oh, no. By the way, all human beings are biased. There isn't a single person on the planet who doesn't have a bias. Um, and we can see that in the Mercury. <laughs> so... Just like everybody likes different kinds of cheeses or not. That would too be a bias. All right. Well, you guys can sign up for Natal Chart Foundations. Um, The big juicy flash sale is over, but you can still save 33% if you're a patron, which is a massive savings. Um, I'm really excited to have Jen teaching. I'm very proud of you, Jen. You, you are just a hell of a student and a very good teacher. And I, I look at, I mean, I'm a cancer, you're a cancer moon. Um, I look at just like raising astrologers. To me, I'm raising students into their capabilities, just like I raised my children to be capable adults, you know, full, fully functioning. And so for me to hand somebody my babies, it's like, bless you. And uh, so it's, it's absolutely exciting to me to have somebody I can trust with the knowledge and the student learning process. Um, and my clients, you know, it's, it means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. an honor. Yeah, I'm very excited because I have loved your work and the way that you um, explain and progress these things that um, a lot of people don't talk about in terms that I guess would be applicable to people that are more modern sensibilities, like um, 
inclusion of gender minorities and um, sexual minorities um, in in how you speak about things, I think, is one thing that really drew me to you because I didn't see a lot of people talking about those things. And that's very, um, with my identities and stuff, it's very close to my heart that we need to be including those things and progressing things forward. So, um, yeah, excited. Well, are you going to hang out and answer patron questions with me? Oh, yes. Okay. I love answering questions. All right. We're going to do a patron shout out and then we will be back with Jennifer to do our patron submitted questions, which we're running low on guys. Get them in. All you have to do is click the googly form. You know what the only stupid question is? Do you remember? What is it? The one you don't ask. Exactly. All right, we'll be back. It is time for patron shoutouts. And before I get going, I know, I know the audio balance was off. I, I tried to fix everything. I don't know what happened with the software I was recording on. I didn't sound that soft to Jen. We don't know why the gremlin got us, but it did. But uh, enjoy, Jen. I know that the audio is just slightly better in the next clip where we do patron Q&A. Okay. Um, so turn the volume up, turn it down. We're going to have to play with it together. I've spent the last four hours trying to fix things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, I tried all the toggles. I tried. It's it's. There's a tech glitch going on. It could be to do with my computer as much as with anything else. So without further ado, without you, there is no me. So big thank you to all of the patrons at the Awake Space Patreon. Here are our newest patrons. We've got Regina, Kat, Ashley, Adrian, Reva, Alexander, Kat, Jennifer, Tam, Lauren, Ryan, Polyglot, Teresa, or Therese, Joni, Raquel, Steph, Alexandra, Elizabeth, Zulma, Ashley, Kim, Anita, Lindsay, Jessica, Habibi. Welcome, 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 and thank you again. I've been loving the conversations in the Discord. You guys have learned so much over the last three years. This is our fourth year. Our fourth year. How crazy is that? Kind of. It's not. It is and it isn't. It's really our third year. Because I published the Patreon like December 11th? December 10th of 2020. And I did it by accident. Quote unquote. If you saw my hands. Air quotes. Accident. My finger brushed the publish button and I saw the timestamp and I chose to run the chart instead of unpublish it. And the chart was like, perfect. I'm like, okay, I couldn't have planned a better chart. I'll take it. So we've been at it. I didn't start the podcast right away. The podcast kind of came out of my frustration of feeling like I had to censor myself on TikTok. So 
we've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. So, without further ado, it's time for some Q&A. And I'm answering questions submitted by patrons. Be sure to submit your questions. We're like under 10 questions now, guys. So, get those questions in. You can ask about anything related to astrology, metaphysics, energy work, tarot, crystals. Uh, I'll answer questions about anything for you. But you got to fill it out in the Patreon. Okay? So, do it. Up next, Astrology Q&A with me and Jen. All right, it's time for some astrology Q&A. And uh, Jennifer's joining me because we've got Professor Jennifer with us. All righty. The first question is, uh, all of these are good. We were going over these. Hang on, I've got to find the right tab from the 50 million tabs that are open. All righty. Hang on one second. All right. What are the similarities and differences between the 8th and 12th houses? I feel like they both have a secretive mysticism about them. What makes them distinct? Alyssa Cap asked that question. What are your thoughts, Jen? What's the difference? Yeah, I, they are both kind of mystical and hidden houses. I feel like um, the 8th house is a little more grounded and visceral in its expression then the 12th house is a little more abstract and connected to the universe at large and the eighth house is more connection to like your ancestors your lineage like the very like physical um your ancestors and things that you inherit from them and then the 12th house is kind of like i guess you could say um the gifts that you get from the universe from your connection with God or higher power or the all that is, whatever you call it. It's um, connected to unseen things, but in a little different, different ways. Non-tangible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fourth house is your family. It's where you get the issues you know you need therapy about in the eighth house. And the, there's also things that get passed down that are harder to find, and that's in the subconscious, which is the 12th house. That's one way to look at it. Um, another way to look at because the fourth, eighth, and twelfth are interrelated, yes, as, as we talked about in the horoscope section. Um, you're right. Eighth house is very gritty. It, it is physical. It is visceral. Uh, it's also where we do research. And the 12th house would be where we strategize and plot for the future or incubate ideas to be birthed through the first house. So that's the differences. I would say 8th house would be more like... alchemy or mechanical magic and the 12th house would be more um, energy work versus mechanical magic. That, that Those are all good descriptors. So, there we have it. We've weighed in. Okay. All right. 
What's the next one? Ooh, the next one Jen gets to show up. That's right. Math brain, math brain. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I just have to find it. All right, patrons, get your questions in. There's no bad ones. All right, Andrew. Andrew F. asked, I explained in the past that I have a rather large 612th house in my chart, approximately 50 degrees wide. Andrew, you're bragging. Uh, my brother, who was born at the same hospital only 22 months later, has a much smaller 612th house. Andrew, are we comparing? And I expected it to be the same, using Placidus for both charts. My question is, how are the houses size how are the house sizes so different for us? All right, Jen. I have my answer, but we discussed <laughs> it ahead of time. So go for it. Yeah. It's um the very particular way that house sizes in Placidus are um determined are very tied to the time of year and like the amount of daylight and nighttime. Um I don't there's like a lot you could go into, but that's basically it. It's you were born at different, if you're born in the same location, but if it's at different times of year, then the house sizes are going to be shifted a little bit differently. Um, yeah. yeah. So at 22 months different, if you're born at the beginning of the fall, then they were born in the summertime. Right. If you were born, you know, that's two months before your birthday. Because if you, you said 22 months, so it's 24 months would be two years. And they would have been born in the same month as you. Yeah. So they were born in a different month, first of all, and earlier in the year than you. And so the width of the houses would change. So they may have another um, axis point that's whiter or skinnier. So it could be their second house or their third house, you know, second house, eighth house, third house, ninth house. So it just depends. Was there more equal daylight at the time? Do you feel complete? I feel complete on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the simple, the simple way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to go into like the, the deep, like, mechanics behind house calculation and stuff like that's that's a lot that's like Jen's a whole class <laughs> Jen's first response when, when I read the question was how do I do this without a whiteboard <laughs> I, was like, I can see you online going okay here's the math <laughs> I love it we'll get you with a whiteboard if a whiteboard suddenly shows up when you're one day, I'd be like my whole my whole back wall just be notes. Yeah. Alright, let's see. What was the next one? Oh, Rebe Rebecca asks, are there favorable transits for a successful surgery? And I thought I would answer this because I get asked on live streams this question a lot. So first of all, yes. But second of all, it's almost impossible to give you what a favorable transit would be in general. There's no generally favorable transit because <laughs> the surgery would be very specific to you. Okay. Um, 
if you go into Facebook groups, especially medical Facebook groups, there's a lot of really, really bad, dangerous information in there. And I don't teach medical astrology to too many people. Um, in fact, I still haven't taught it really. I'll answer questions from the apprentices, but I don't. Because first of all, it's a liability and astrologers are not capable of diagnosing unless it's an actual medical professional who actually is studying astrology. It's easier to see an unfavorable moment as an astrologer than it is to see a favorable moment when it comes to surgery. So there might be a time where I'm like, ooh, if you can ask for a reschedule of this, if I'm in a chart reading and somebody has that question, I mean, you know, there might be a more favorable time. But I will always tell someone, if it's, if it's a life and death matter, get the freaking surgery. You know, um, if it's, you know, whether you're going to get a boob job or not, then that depends, right? Yeah, I know. So, I consulted you when I was um, going to get my my breast reduction. Like here, here's I like just picked a day based on what felt right and showed you the chart. You're like, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And it, it worked out good. You had a good healing. Mm-hmm. There weren't any complications. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. any complications. Healed up really nice. So mm-hmm. yeah, feeling but yeah, better? your chart is yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of weird. Like I have to reorient myself and like how I stand and walk and like everything is kind of different. My my like center of gravity is a little different, but um, it's much easier to run now without like the danger of like giving myself a black eye. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So Cancer moon problems. Cancer moon. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between a Cancer Moon and a Cancer Sun? The cup size. <laughs> cancer Moons tend to have larger boobs than, and Cancer Risings can have, but not always. We could just do the astrology of boobs. <laughs> anyway, Rebecca, I digressed. <laughs> oh my God, what is she like? Um. But yeah, we can see if it's favorable or unfavorable. There's a reason I won't say it. One, it depends on the part of the body. Two, it depends on the reason behind the surgery. Okay. And again, I'm going to say if it's life or death, then it doesn't matter what the transits are. The transits will show it's a life and death matter. And and it's just better to do it, you know, Um but if it's electional, like if you know, it's a nose job, you know, or filler in the lips, you know, there might be a better delay or, 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 so we can see if it'll actually happen or not too. So it'd be like, I've, I've had people come and be like, okay, I have this surgery on this day. And I'll be like, mm, you might be ready. You be prepared. You might get a reschedule. Oh my God, my doctor got sick and we rescheduled. So, and also that would count C sections um, and inductions. And I get asked a lot, like with pregnant people, because of course you're worried about your wee one and you want the best possible outcome for your child. But a lot of times people are trying to pick their kids' astrology. And I'm just going to let you know right now, good luck with that. You and they come when they're ready. 
Yeah, they're going to come when they're ready. I had two inductions not to make anything happen. It's just my doctor was like induction happy. I made them wait till the due date for my second one because <laughs> I let them induct me a, a little early with the first and oh, it was not fun. Um, they came when they came. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, I shall be born when I feel like it. And uh, my son was like, woo, let's go. You know, and he was wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, right out. So kids will come when they come. And you can't determine their fate better than they can. That's not your job as a parent. Your job is to be a guide on the side. So just a heads up on pregnancy. Now you guys will all ask me pregnancy and fertility questions, which I can't answer. So there's no questions off limits. Now I might tell you, just like I'm telling Rebecca, that ethically I will not give the total answers or the complex answer to it because it's easily misconstrued and misused. Yeah. Those are questions you want to ask in like a, a transit reading or something. It's easier to, to look at those things. If you have someone's chart. Yeah. And it's very specific to them. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's like the more that I've been looking into like mundane astrology or like horror astrology, like learning how it's the the question and the, the intent and the reasons and things behind it really impacts the answer that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a very detailed and very um, you're like analyzing every single word in the question they ask. And it's like. Mm -hmm. it's yeah the quality very the complex it's wholly determined on the quality of the outcome or answer mm -hmm. yes all right the next question is from mimi and i thought this one was great because um she's noticed a pattern and she's given a shout out to the last natal check foundations class that she was in she'll be taking intermediate with me um oops that's me running into my mic for those of you listening let me see Remember, I'm blind, so it takes me a minute here. So I am just starting to notice a pattern, but I am unsure if it is accurate. I noticed that if a transiting planet is aspecting with a house cusp, there is a pairing. For instance, if transiting Mercury is, is opposing my 10th house cusp, it would be conjunct my 4th house. It's opposite. Or if a transiting planet is square my first house, it would also be square my seven. Is that an accurate observation? Yes, Mimi, it is 100% accurate. Are there other patterns like this with transits? It's not just with transits. It would be in the natal chart. If you have Mars on your ascendant, it's opposite you're descended because the houses are pairs well observed thank you so much i learned so much in needle chart or sorry needle foundations class and i'm excited to learn more that was a great question what else can you think of that might be a pattern for the hmm there's lots of patterns in astrology <laughs> Which one in particular? Um, I well, think one of the... Ahead, yeah, I think one of the most powerful ones can be noticing the transits of the moon through the houses uh, as it goes through every month. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you just 
like taking a journal, just like little notes of like what you do, like very personally. And then you'll notice kind of um, the ebb and flow of that because um, the moon governs our daily life. It's like the closest body to earth physically affects the tides and all sorts of things. And we watch it physically in the sky change throughout the month as it's moving through the different points of the, of the Zodiac. So um, that's the, one of the quickest ways that you can kind of observe transits because it goes through all 12 signs in a month. So if you learn to kind of take note of what happens, you look back, you're like, Oh, wow. Like, okay, maybe uh, this isn't the day to do that because I know I'm typically a little more wanting to stay home and <laughs> maybe I'll just like get groceries before that and kind of um, have ingredients to make cookies on hand just in case. <laughs> right. Thank you. Oh, I've got people asking, so I'm looking at the next question for her. Keep asking about how for rectification sections. <laughs> I may have to open those back up. Um, explain rectifications for our listeners while I. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, rectification is a process that a very, very experienced and specialized astrologer would do to determine what, um, if you don't have a time of birth, then you would get a rectification service to. Um, get an approximation of what it would be. So there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, as I was talking about with like the moon moving through the houses, we see that with all of the planets. So you look at specific moments in time, that events that were very good, very bad. Um, so it's kind of looking at um, best years, worst years, best times, worst times to kind of figure out what was going on in the chart. Um, you do at least need to have a date of birth to be able to do this because it's a very complex process um, and going out beyond like the, the 24 hour like limit would, it's just too much. So um, kind of determining based on when certain events happened in your life, what transits, what like house cups they were hitting, what planets they were aspecting, um, to kind of get that time of birth, that rising sign degree uh, figured out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do do rectification. I usually get within 10 minutes of birth time, often within five, which is really That's very good. good. Playing Marco Polo with somebody's life. Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I've got a really juicy last question for us to wind up, and it's from Hannah the Banana, or Hannah Banana. I love that. Hannah Banana. That's my Gemini Venus again. I'm like, oh, it sounds good. Hannah Banana. Han- oh, no, it is Hannah the Banana. All right. Hi, Lori. I hope the first week of January has treated you well. It has. I have a question regarding horoscopes, a bit similar to the one you answered last week. I did that for patron only. I follow a tarot reader who likes to create horoscopes once in a while for his followers, and he has said that he's not a professional astrologer. While this may be the case, I do reiterate that he's a strong channeler and tarot reader. 
Um, yes, you can be a channeler, but it doesn't make you do astrology. And I'll explain in a minute. While this may be the case, uh, let's see, uh, wait, I do not, let's see, do, 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 do. He just has an appreciation for astrology. That's awesome. When he does create horoscopes, he asks to listen specifically for your sun sign. So he's not really doing horoscopes. He's channeling information. It isn't astrology. So he's tuning in. He's using the words like Cancer, Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, whatever it is. And he's channeling information. That's not an actual astrological horoscope. Okay, so just if he's channeling, then just follow his instructions. Um, so, but there's a part of your question that I think is just super important. In this particular case, with the sun sign reading be accurate, or should you keep watching for your rising sign? It's not a, it's not astrology. So follow the channeler slash reader's instructions. And and I've said it more than once. It's people are if they specifically write for the sun, then follow that instruction. But in general, horoscopes are read for the rising sign for very specific astrological reasons. I'm curious. Now, this is the rest of your question that I find the most important bit. I'm curious if channeling reading cards for a horoscope would be different or similar to that of the traditional astrologer, since both are reading the energy of that particular month, but in a different format, be it cards versus chart. <clears throat> this is really, really important because this is what shows why bad information online has hurt the field of astrology and channeling and cards. So I can't, I am a card reader. I started reading cards at 18. I didn't become an astrologer till I was 26. Okay. So been doing both. They are not the same thing. I could ask questions in, in a card reading of saying, okay, what's up for Cancerian people? And get answers. It's not astrology. It is not astrology. It is not astrology. That is an intuitive reading. They are not the same. As astrologers, we are not intuiting. We are translating mathematical processes. It is math. Astrology is not inherently intuitive. You do not have to be psychic. You do not have to be intuitive. I believe everybody is psychic and intuitive in their own way. We can use our intuition, but it is informed through processes. Not mad at you. I'm just being emphatic. Um, so uh, they're not the same. We're not reading energy in the same way as a psychic reads energy or a medium reads energy. I'm a channeler too. Okay. I just don't lead with that as my profession. All right. Because I don't want to muddy the waters. I want people to understand. Astrology is a mental field. Channeling and divination in general, like cards, dice, bones, pendulums, crystals, whatever they're doing, that's an eighth house matter. Astrology is an eleventh house matter. Okay. It's very mental. Okay, so I wonder if he's channeling the energy of the rising sign and doesn't really... No, if, if, if he's a channeler, he'll very much realize what he's channeling. That's why he gave specific instructions. And again, I'm not upset. I just want people to know 
These are not the same thing. At all. At all. Nothing in common. Okay. In fact, as a young astrology student, my teacher, many thousands of miles away, because he was in Australia, I was in Bahrain, and I would, he would send me charts to analyze. Okay. And I would try to cheat and use my intuition. And I wouldn't explain the astrology and be like, oh, this and this. And I kind of feel like it's this. And I'd get back an email, do the damn astrology. So all the time, do the damn astrology, do the math, do the calculations. So it's not the same thing. So when people are like, well, I haven't really studied, but I'm channeling the information. Okay. Okay. That's what we're doing today. Okay, Bessie. They're not an astrologer. Like you're just being biased, okay, bestie? Uh, really, we need to just change and branch out, right? No. And I'm not saying I'm you, Hannah. That wasn't you. Um, I'm just talking about the cuties. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because astrology really bad. is... Um, astrology is more of a data science than it is um, like that intuitive work, which is, you know, there's like validity to both, but they are different <laughs> they are different and i do get annoyed when i see people online that are not astrologers talking about astrology in a way that um they do not make it clear that they are not an astrologer and they are oftentimes just saying stuff and i'm like that doesn't make any goddamn sense like mm -hmm. when i'm looking at like I, <clears throat> hard. yes <laughs> no <laughs> Like when I am speaking about the astrology, I am not just pulling things out of my ass. Like I have specific reasons for why I am using the words that I am using when I am mm -hmm. explaining something in the particular way I'm explaining it. <laughs> like I might not tell, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I'm looking at because that like, that would be like, um, I don't know. I wouldn't be help like useful for the person I'm speaking to. I am making it um, very practical. Like if I just tell you like, oh, I see this aspect, this aspect, this planet in this house, this like that me means nothing. Like just speaking astrologically at you isn't going to to help you in any way. It might be like show off my my knowledge and my ego a little bit, but it's not. Um, yeah, that's not the way that you do things. Exactly. So Hannah, this was an amazingly important question that you asked and your intuition may have guided you to ask the question. And by the way, intuition is valid, but it's not astrology. Okay. Now, just like in data science, okay, just like in data science, you can intuitively know which way to interpret those sets of numbers or that set of data. So that's one reason in, in like a transit reading or even a natal reading will we'll act more like an optometrist and say, uh, does this express one or two, two or three? You know, which is better? Is, is, do you express it this way or this way? And we might have a, a, an intuitive guess. We might be like, mm, looking at the rest of this chart, I bet this person goes, I give it 80%. It's going this way. And that intuition falls into the law of probability because we have everything is possible or this much is possible from parameter A to parameter Z 
it's more likely or more probable to fall into this. So it's very mathematical um, versus intuition, which there's a difference between your instinct and your intuition. And as a patron, you actually have um, access to the Astro Guide Volume 1, Issue 2 on instinct and intuition to explain the difference. So it doesn't mean the person you follow is wrong. He's And he's made it clear. He's been ethical. I love hearing that. Like, I'm not an astrologer. I have an interest in astrology. I'm using that interest to tune into the sun signs. Perfect. Perfect. But I would then, at that point, take him at his word. Because he's not doing astrology. We have actual calculated, like, calculations that we're using to do to do our interpretation. I think we covered it. That was really good, though. That was a nice opportunity, don't you think, to explain the difference? Yeah, that's something I was talking to someone about earlier today, so that was <laughs> a good question. That's what popped out. The dog that was online unplugged my headphones. She decided oh, we're done. <laughs> She's like, grandmother, grandmama, mama, grandma. But yeah. Well, that was good. Um, thank you, Jennifer. I'm excited for you to be teaching. And hey, if you're a patron, get those questions in. Um, I'm going to have Jennifer actually answer Steve of Finland's question. I didn't get it up, but Jennifer and I'll talk about that later and we'll get that into the patron only q a because that's some fancy footwork on the mathematics but steve always asks good math questions so i'm Lori rivers this is professor jennifer jj russell all right thank you very much and we'll talk to you guys next week on the awake space astrology podcast <laughs>